We hope you enjoy this message from Matt Bruce, recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Just, um, I've been very interested today, and um, I thought we'd do a bit of analysis. Um, if you describe yourself, uh, would you describe your sleep as good or great last night? Can you raise your hand? Nice. That's actually a good percentage. I just feel like everyone today I've talked to is like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm like, me too. My sleep was awful. And I'm like, is this like a Dunedin-wide thing or is this just... And I feel like I walked into church this morning, everyone was like, I'm like, joy of the Lord. <laughs> joy of the Lord. I think Pastor Sam Monk says something great. He says, uh, you may be tired, but you're not empty. <laughs> I, re- I really like that, that we may be tired physically, but we're not empty because of what we carry inside of us. Um, such a great, great little thing. I was saying that uh, a lot recently. My, my sleep has been all right. All right. Hey, is it all good if we, if we pray to start? God, we thank you so much that we get to be here, uh, that we get to be here freely and we get to lift up your name and glorify you. God, we're so thankful. We are so thankful that you chose to dwell in us, that that power you declared tonight now lives in us and it changes everything in our life. So God, we stand here as a thankful congregation tonight and we pray that you would minister into our hearts, you'd speak a word of encouragement into us, which propels us to then go out and help to live and help to live with a life that then speaks of that power, of that goodness, of that hope, of that grace. We thank you for your grace. And everybody said... Amen. Well, it's pretty cool what we sung tonight because the title of my sermon is Freed Up. Freed Up. Kudos to the, the team who picked the songs. Unreal, unreal. Um, recently, uh, I was missing for a couple of weeks and I was away overseas uh, on a missions trip over to Schoolies uh, on the Gold Coast. Beautiful place. Um, and man, I just had the best week and I couldn't get up here tonight without sharing a little bit of what God did over the, that week over in the Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, has, has anyone heard of Schoolies before? Ish, ish. So Schoolies is, uh, well, we kind of have like O Week, which is our big party week. Uh, but Schoolies Week is uh, where all the school leavers from that year travel to the Gold Coast, book out all the hotels and just go crazy partying for a whole week. Um, so it's 21,000 schoolies. Uh, and they're all underage pretty much because of the way their school year works. So uh, absolute carnage, uh, just 17-year-olds uh, with their parents' credit cards um, going nuts. Um, so it's a great place to be. And um, <laughs> it's really cool. So there's 21,000 uh, school leavers, but on top of that, there's now 650 red frogs uh, there for that week to, to serve those schoolies. And it's an incredible response. And it's so cool because it's actually uh, the largest local missions trip in Australia. Um, so yeah, it's the largest mobilization. And across all the, they do many locations. I think it's about 13 locations. One of them's in Bali for all the rich kids. And, um, and uh, they, there's uh, 1,400 volunteers across, uh, across the nation and across Bali, which is just so cool. Uh, people just responding to the gospel and serving. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a crazy space because it's just such a unique environment. It's very fabricated. It's artificial. Um, so it's such a great 
space to carry the gospel into. And I was just blown away by the favor Red Frogs has there. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Um, so what we do is each night you'd go have worship, have the word, pray and have some food. And then you'd go out. And um, on the first night, your job is to go around and just knock on hotel doors. <laughs> So you get given, if you're a team leader, you, you get given a hotel and you're in charge of, of, those, of those schoolies for the week and you're going to be like their, their big brother to, for them that week. And it's the freakiest experience because I'm like, really, we have to go knock on doors. I'm like, how's this going to go? If you know anything about New Zealand, it'd be like, what? What do you want? Go away. Or like real awkward. But literally, we knocked on our first door for the evening and it was like, red frogs. And then the door opens, red frogs, no way, we love you guys, come on in, come hang out, and I'm like, what? It's just this crazy response where they, they are, the red frogs have been on the coast now, Gold Coast, for 21 years, so unbelievable favour, and it started from one man who just cared enough about his uh, boys in his youth group to go down and look after them for a week, and it's grown to a, like a global response, which I just love. Um, so it's pretty crazy, but yeah, it's, it's weird. You go knock on their hotel, and you just go hang out with them and connect with them, and it's really crazy how, what I was blown away with was how many people have a faith connection. It was always come up in rooms somehow and you get onto a faith connection and, and that was an opportunity to then, then share about your own story. And it was crazy in that environment how receptive they were to us. It's like, oh, you guys are like all from churches, eh? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, can I be a red frog? Like, you probably have to come to church. Oh, yeah, I might get there one day. <laughs> like, you know, but cons- consistently you'd have these faith-based conversations. So it's so cool. Uh, on top of that, the week there's, a, there's like a hotline running. Uh, I think the call center people are the best. I think they dealt with something like, it was in the thousands anyway of phone calls. I think they say around, they get around 10,000 phone calls across the week from schoolies for requests for different things. And so they do an incredible job and they run 24 hours pretty much. And then uh, we do, they do walk-homes as well. So if you don't know the area, you end up on some very long walk-homes. Um, they run a thing called like a beach party. So it's like a red frog stage. And that's all just about lowering intox. And it's a non-alcoholic environment. So it's a safe way to party. And then uh, we're also in charge of the street vibes, which you get a very sore hand because they love you. It's just like high five, high five, high five, high five, high five. Um, yeah, you get like a bruised hand. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, so that, that's pretty much what, we're, what I was doing. And what I was really blown away by was the consistency. I can imagine some years that being a red frog on the Gold Coast wasn't the most glamorous or they didn't really feel like being there or they had some negative experiences. But they stayed there for 20 years consistently serving. And now to see the favor that that consistency's bought is incredible. And I thought, wow, they established that in 20 years. We just had our 75th as a church. And I'm just like, wow, 75 years of legacy of people sowing into this community that we go off. Um, and I love how we walk in the favor of what people have prepared before us. So it's awesome. Anyways, when you're at schoolies, you get like a couple of main questions that you always get asked, always get asked. And one of them is, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And they're like, what the heck? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? And the other one is, um, how much do you get paid? It's like one of the first, they're always interested, like, how much do you guys get paid? You guys going to get paid heaps. And it's like, mm. um, And the reason I think that they ask these um, two questions is to try to reconcile why the heck we'd do what we'd do. It's like, they're trying to figure out, like, why would you do this? And they, they want to know what's in it for us. Like, what's in it for you guys as red frogs? And uh, they think there must be something special that draws us to be a red frog. Like, oh, are you getting paid $50 an hour? 
No, no, I'm not. Or oh, do you get put up in the best hotels? Kind of, but some of us aren't, you know? And it's like, they're always interested in, hey, what are you here for? And, um, and you see, schoolies is an environment where everyone is there for their own interest, right? Everyone's there for their own interest. Like, hey, how can I have the funnest week possible? I just wanna party up. It's all about me this week. I've done an amazing job at school. I'm just gonna have a huge big week. It's gonna be awesome. And um, you see how this plays out, the self-interest plays out through the week. You see um, consistently girls and guys crying on your shoulders because their boyfriend or girlfriend has just broken up with them or cheated on them because they're just interested in having the best week possible, right? Oh, who cares about my relationship when I could just get in the club or, you know, just party up. And that's really sad. You also see it at work in that friends start to leave friends in very vulnerable positions because it's like, hey, I'm just interested in my night. I'm here for fun. Don't ruin my fun. Oh, and you walk into a room and they want you to look after their friend and they just want to leave. And you have to encourage them, hey, be a good mate. Stick around, you know, but everyone's there for self-interest. How can I have the best week possible? And it just breaks relationships down. A lot of tears, fun times. Um, But I love that in an environment where everyone's there for their own interests, red frogs are there for everyone else's. And they're there with an open wallet, an open heart and open hands. Um, And we're just there to show unconditional love, to show self-sacrificial service. And it's so good. Um, That follow-up question, why would we pay to do what we do, is such a common question because paying to serve is so countercultural, right? (laughs) Paying to serve is like, what are you doing? You should get paid to serve. Um, And it's so countercultural to serve without guarantee of return of anything that is valuable to you. It's like sometimes we serve because we know like, hey, something's gonna come back for me. <laughs> so good. Serve on team because I get a free coffee. Oh, unreal. <laughs> but sometimes we're, we're looking for the little perks for us. What's in it for me? But I love how when you come without an agenda to, to serve them, things open up. Um, and yeah, it really makes people uh, look and question why you're there. Um, I found the more that people, the more people, ask me that question, why would you pay to do what we do? Um, the more people ask me that throughout the week, the more I began to look deeper and deeper at my answer. <laughs> you know, when someone starts saying it enough, you go, oh, why am I here? <laughs> why am I paying to be here? Man, I should have just booked a holiday. <laughs> On the Gold Coast, haven't even seen the beach this week because it's been hectic, you know? And you just start questioning, well, why, why am I here? Like, it's costing me a lot, right? Like, my hands are covered in vomit. Uh, I'm very tired, barely any sleep. Um, I'm over drunk 17-year-olds breaking up with each other. Um, (laughs) Why am I here? And it's like, you start to look deeper and go, wow, I don't understand why I'm happy, but I am. Something must have happened in my life that's caused me to be joyous at being able to serve to this level. And I want to explore that tonight. Um, Yeah, I made this really great friend, um, at schoolies, his name was um, Jimmy Smith Cottrell. He's, he sounds like an absolute rock star. Um, Jimmy Smith Cottrell. Um, he had a really resting, scary face, but he's the sweetest guy ever. He's like a big teddy bear. Um, and he was my chaplain support. So he was in charge of the pastoral care of me for the week and just helped me out. I got on the phone lots to him. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and he, he was able to help me out. Um, and he had a massive impact on me. And he answered um, that question, why would we pay to do what we do like this? He said something along these lines. He said, Jesus has freed me up to no longer worry about myself, to no longer serve myself, 
I've been freed up from self-concern because Jesus always serves, loves, and works for the good of me. And because of me being freed up from self-concern, I can now serve everyone else without having to think about my own good. It was like a dagger to my heart. I was like, wow, what a perspective. When a schoolie asks, hey, why are you paying $350 to be here? Because I'm not concerned about myself anymore. I don't need to worry about myself because Jesus has freed me up. He's freed me up. He's got, he's got all my concerns at heart. He serves me. Like, I'm free. So therefore, I can serve. And I thought, wow, that is so incredible. And um, so yeah, the title tonight is Freed Up. Freed Up. And I want to go to our key scripture, Philippians 2, uh, 1 to 11. If you turn to me, or turn to me, turn with me to that. <laughs> It says this, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Wow. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Wow. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be issued or used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue, tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. It's quite a good scripture, eh? <laughs> See why that one made the cut. Such, such a good scripture. And um, I love how Paul writes this really challenging passage that just says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. That's so challenging. That's so challenging, like ridiculously challenging. But here's the thing, Paul, Paul isn't expecting us to, to, as the listener, to be able to do this alone, right? He's not saying, hey, on your own back, just let go of all your own interests. Hey, on your own back and all your own effort, just no selfish ambition, please, you know? He's not saying that. He's saying, hey, if, if you've found encouragement from being united with Christ. So, hey, we're gonna start here and we're gonna say like, hey, you're actually united with Christ. You're united with the guy who serves everyone, who gives grace to everyone. And he's like, you're united with that. So on that revelation, now could you perhaps do things without self-interest? We should find great encouragement that we're united with Christ, right? You guys don't seem convinced. Let's keep going. As I said earlier, um, schoolies is just this environment where everyone's um, there for their own interest. And here's the thing. We, we don't just find self-interested people at schoolies week, right? <laughs> we live in a world uh, where being self-interested is the narrative, right? It's a common narrative. Um, man, it's, it's crazy. If you just look at media, it's like it's about loving yourself, Make sure you put yourself first. 
make sure you're your highest priority, you know? Um, if you don't believe me, just pick up any magazine around health and well-being promotion and you'll find statements along these lines. It's all about me, right? It's all about self-fulfillment. And um, so it's a crazy culture that we're a part of. And it's a really tough reality to stand there and go, oh yeah, I'm self-interested. I had this moment, like um, I was like two hours away from preaching a message on lacking self-interest. And I, um, Abby's like, yeah, you didn't offer me to, a cup of tea. <laughs> I was like, dang it. I failed the test <laughs> two hours before I'm about to preach on it. Uh, but literally, we can become so engaged in our own interests, our own interests. Um, and yeah, for some examples like, oh, it's nice that they get to go on holiday. But when do I get to go on holiday, right? Oh, it's great for them that they got their miracle, but where's my miracle? I read my Bible more. (laughs) Not theologically sound at all. It's like, oh, it's great that they got recognised, but when when am I getting recognised? I do more than them. I actually do the same job, do it better, when's my recognition, right? Other examples, oh, it's great for them that they felt like the sermon was written specifically for them this morning. (laughs) What about a sermon for me? How about I get something out of this one? Like, you know, it's great that they got married, got a promotion, bought a house, had a kid. What about me? What about my story? Oh, it's good for you that you enjoyed worship this morning, but it didn't tickle my fancy. When are they going to sing my favorite song? What about my genre? Right? So I'm glad you enjoyed your meal. Mine was rubbish. Last time you picked the restaurant. We're so inclined to be self-centered. We filter everything through the reference of, did it serve my interest? Crazy. We're crazy. Yeah. After beginning to write this message, I started to analyze my days very carefully. And it was scary how often and how consistently I was thinking about my interests in different environments, instead of what someone else was getting out of the environment. But I wonder if we could live freed up. I wonder if we could live counterculturally, live a life that is counterculture. And sometimes counterculture sounds like there's going to be conflict. But I wonder if we could live a life that doesn't cause conflict, that just causes questions to be asked. Like they look at your lifestyle and eyes start to pop. And they're like, why? And they just start to ask questions because of the lack of self-concern that we carry. I love um, Pastor Sam Monk. He's just full of gold. If you've ever tried to take notes for his sermons, it's impossible. (laughs) You need like a journal per per sermon. Um, But he says it this way. He says, I wonder if we could fight to give up our rights. I wonder if we could fight to lay down our rights. Whilst everyone is fighting for their rights, I wonder if we could fight to lay down our rights and pursue freely what God is concerned about. We live in a culture and a society right now, it's all about my rights. What's my rights? You can't judge me. You can't do this. It's all about me, right? But I wonder if we could, as Christians, be counterculture and fight to lay down our rights. You see, freed up people are revolutionary people. (laughs) I was thinking about the word revolution or revolutionary. And I was thinking about, I love to think of ideas up, right? But I think sometimes I get so caught up in my ideas, like what's the newest fresh way to achieve ministry? (laughs) 
What's going to be revolutionary on O-Week, you know? And you get caught up in this idea generation. But really the greatest revolutionary idea is simply to live without self-concern. To live without self-interest in favour of living to serve everyone else. The greatest revolutionary idea is that. I can't actually conjure it up because it's already been conjured up. And this is why Jesus was so revolutionary. This is why Jesus was so revolutionary. He had all the power available to him, right? I often think about this. I'm like, Jesus could have chosen to be anything. He could have ended science. Landed on earth. Hey guys, this is how the entire universe works. Do something else. <laughs> you know, he, like, he could have just come down and done anything. And um, I think like, he could have been revolutionary. He could have like designed, made, and released the iPhone with the Bible app in year 30 AD. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> That's revolutionary. Year 30 AD. Hey guys, check out my new iPhone Bible app. Yeah, you guys haven't actually finished the Bible yet, but it's all here. Knew it was coming from there. Got it sussed here. iPhone. See you later. I'm off. World changed. But Jesus doesn't do that, right? He, he, he could have been revolutionary in so many ways, but his idea of being revolutionary was simply to lay down his life for everyone else. Everyone else. There was not one person Jesus wouldn't serve. Pharisees were flipping out about that, like, are you serious? Why are you hanging out with those people? Not one person Jesus wouldn't serve. He put aside his self-concern for the concern of every single person who was, is, and is to come. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So good. So good. When we enter into the freedom of knowing Jesus Christ, knowing that He serves us, that Jesus serves us, it's amazing the impact we can then have. Imagine if every day you wake up and be like, Jesus is serving me. He's working for the good of me. What do I have to be concerned about? Maybe I could be concerned about someone else today because Jesus has kind of got my back. I was really blown away at schools by the impact, really blown away by the impact that this serving has. And um, so many seeds were planted during our week, um, just countless rooms where you go into and the faith conversation that would open up the connections to different churches, the connections uh, to, to perhaps even Catholic schools and stuff like that. It was just amazing how many opportunities there were. Um, yeah, just blown away by just going in with love and then they would open up the conversation. Um, one amazing testimony that I have is we, was probably two in the morning and um, we got called up we got a, a job from the hotline to say, hey, could you go to this hotel and uh, look after a guy? He's had um, too much to drink and he's been mixing alcohol and drugs and he's, uh, he's not doing too well. Can you go uh, see how he is? Um, perhaps in and out of consciousness. And we rock up to that room and um, turns out that the friends had just found him passed out on a beach. Um, well, they weren't really his friends. I think one guy kind of knew him. And he brought him back to his hotel and, and they were looking after him. And um, we got him there and he wasn't doing too flash, but just able to help him out, check him recovery position, all those kind of things and monitor him and make sure he's actually alert. And he was doing all right. But uh, I realized that someone was on the phone in the corner. And I just said, hey, hey, who are you on the phone to? And he said, I'm on the phone to his mum." And I was like, Whew. I'm like, can I talk to her? Can you ask if I could talk to her? So I get on the phone and his mum's distraught. It's two in the morning, tears absolutely distraught, thinking that her son might die, might, might pass out, choke on his own vomit and die. 
Um, and she was a nurse. So she was so concerned for her son. He's in, if you think about the situation, it's very concerning. He's in a stranger's hotel room, kind of knew him. He's had a big night. And then to hear that the red frogs were there to look after her son, she just lost it. She's just like overwhelmed. She was just in tears to say, like, wow, thank you so much that you guys are there, that you care enough to be there, that, that you look after. And I was just able to talk to her for 10 minutes on the phone, calm her down and say, hey, we're going to do everything to make sure your son gets through to the morning and is in good shape and is going to come home to see you in a week's time. And she was so thankful. And I was just able to follow that call up half an hour later. And with tears, you could hear her on the line. She was just pouring out her thanks because someone was there to serve her son. And in that moment, it really took me to my life because that could be my child. <laughs> because you can say like, I'm going to be the best parent ever, but kids will be kids <laughs> and you don't know what they're going to do. And that could be my kid in however many years. And it might be Abby on the, on the phone line, right? It was a nurse concerned about her son. I was like, wow, that could be Abby concerned about my child who's in some stranger's hotel room, passed out and may not make it through the night. And I'm like, man, I hope that there's faithful people there who are just there to serve. I hope that there's a red frog on the line that talks to Abby and says, hey, we're going to see this guy through. He's doing all right. He's doing okay. And my heart was just gripped in that moment. Wow, what if, if the door hadn't been opened 20 years ago from just serving, we may not have been in that room that night. But it was a divine appointment. Divine appointment. Man, it was crazy. I went over there and I was like, Jesus, I just... I want to be like a better at evangelism. I just feel like I'm not good at opening up the conversation. Um, but I knew all my life there was a real gifting around talking to people who have grown up in the faith, but perhaps are wrestling with things. And literally, time after time, hour after hour, just run into like pastor's kids. And, and it was just ridiculous. And we were in one room and it was awesome. We were playing like Mario Kart on the Wii and uh, playing Uno and just having a great time and connecting with this incredible room of people. And I was trying to cook pancakes on this stove that sucked half an hour. It didn't even work. Turns out we can do microwave pancakes. Wookie how, so good. Um, but I noticed they were having fun. And then I was just in the kitchen and a boy walks over to me. I said, like, okay. And he just starts talking. Turns out he's the son of a pastor. Here we are, God. This is why he got me in this room. And I was able to share and speak into his life and encourage him in his faith. And I was like, wow, thank you so much, God, that me choosing to, be, to serve here opened up that, that door to then be able to speak into this kid's life. A, a, a seed planted. So good. Um, we also did this thing called Red Frogs Church. And um, it was so great. Over 90% of the schoolies who went responded, walked to the front. So good. So good. Let's call on that. Yeah, let's give God a clap phrase. So good. It was cool that night as well because um, in our meeting, they highlighted that, hey, church is great, but you, you carry the presence of God with you. So in hotel rooms tonight, if the opportunity presents, just lead people to God. And James Wall was able to lead two people to God just in the hotel room that night uh, while Red Frog's church was on. It was awesome. Yeah, so good. Hey, one of the greatest challenges, let's move on. One of the greatest challenges is that when we come to accept Christ, we are all all of us, every single person is called to live interested in others above themselves. <laughs> Everyone. And I was really blown away by the diversity of people serving at schoolies. I think sometimes we can put stereotypes on, on the people who should be in different places. Like, oh, their gift's there, so they should serve there. Or their personality's like this, so they're there, but oh, they don't have to do that because they're that way inclined, right? And I was really blown away by some of the people like Jimmy, my chap support. Um, he was actually 
currently planting a church on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, has a family of five, um, Bachelor of Theology um, and some other degrees. He was a past zone leader and he came about five steps down the hierarchical ladder just to serve as the chap support for the week. I was blown away and he like never once did he mention any of that. I found that out from everyone else. He was just there to serve, and Kelly, um, our zone admin, who operates four phones on the go, plus two computers. <gasps> she's crazy. Um, she actually owns her own dance school. So she's a dance instructor and then just comes and serves in zone admin. I love that. Um, Nina, who, who was another chat support, she actually oversees Hillsong Sydney's uh, social media. <laughs> just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give up the week and come down and serve people. So great. Um, Tim, uh, who, who came and jumped on team for a night to relieve me so I could do a wee tour. Um, he's actually off to New York in then two weeks to um, work on Wall Street. <laughs> and he had work the next morning and he's out with us till 3 a.m. He said, hey, I just want to be here and serve the students. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And um, there was uh, Mike and Nadine Malheron, who um, these two served on the walk home tent all week. All week, and these two are actually the, the global pastors for City Point Church across nine locations. And seeing them with 17 year olds who are drunk and hugging them, and, and, and they're just having fun with them and speaking life into them and making sure home, they get home safe, I was really blown away by that response that they'll give up a week to be there. And I'm like, guys, you oversee like nine churches across the globe. How do, how do you make time? There's always time for people. Um, Alyssa, who was one of my team members, she just works at Hell Pizza on minimum wage. She fundraised the $350 to be there and serve for the week. <laughs> I love that. Everybody's laying it down for the gospel. I found it funny. She works at Hell Pizzas as well. <laughs> what are you doing? Working for heaven. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just love that all these people sacrifice something of their self-interest in order to serve others. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite moments well, memories of schoolies will always be that moment um, when the schoolies find that you aren't paid to be there. And the best time is when um, you're actually cleaning up their friend's vomit and they go, man, you have to be paid so much to be here. I'm like, nothing, <laughs> pay to be here. And then they find out you flew over from New Zealand and they're like, what are you doing here? Hands deep in my friend's vomit. Um, and you usually get two responses. It's like, wow, that's incredible. Why would you do that? Or number two, wow, that's so dumb. You're crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you waste your time and money? Um, we're just here partying it up, doing whatever the heck we want, and you're here to cook us pancakes, do our dishes, and clean up our vomit. <laughs> um, and I think it's funny because you see, the, the world often sees restriction. Uh, they look at my choice to serve. They look at my choice to be a Christian, and, and they think it's my restriction um, they think that they're seeing restriction, but what they're actually truly encountering is my true freedom. <laughs> From external prayer, why would you give up a Sunday? That's so restricting. Oh no, it's my true freedom. It's my true freedom. To not have to fight for one's own right, to be free of self-concern, which then frees me up to serve. And it's like, when you have those conversations, it's like, hey, I know in the natural it doesn't make sense for um, me to pay to volunteer. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't make sense for me to pay to look after drunk people, um, pay to clean up their vomit, pay to work from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. in the morning, um, pay to walk one hour, 40 minutes at 2 a.m. in order to ensure a vulnerable get, girl gets home safe. That was a long walk at 2 a.m. Um, it doesn't make sense to give more than you receive, to tithe, to use your petrol money up on another, to respect your disrespectful boss, 
to love your enemy who misjudges you and insults you, to work that extra hour unpaid, to give up a day a week to serve God's house and the people in it? It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Someone asked me from the outside world, tell me about your faith. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But if you would encounter the love of Jesus, it would make a lot of sense. In the light of the gospel, in the light of the love of Christ, we have been freed up. We've been freed up. Freed up. And when I think about this world, it's like, man, I could understand your concern if you had no one looking out for you because they're all looking at themselves. I think that's where we're at as a society right now is everyone's concerned about themselves because they have to be because no one's looking at them because everyone's looking at themselves. That's what the world's like. And I can understand your concern if your needs won't be met if you don't put all your effort into yourself and your concerns, right? I gotta invest everything into myself. I could understand your concern because that is what the world's like. But I also know one who doesn't look at himself. His name's Jesus. Doesn't look at himself. And his primary concern has always been and will always be you. Isn't that crazy? If Jesus walked in right now, he wouldn't want to grab the microphone. He wouldn't want to deliver a sermon. He'd probably just want to come and connect with every single one of you. I think that's incredible. He cares so deeply about every single one of you. Man, that's freeing. He walked in this place. He's not interested in the show. He's interested in you. Isn't that freeing? That's so freeing. I don't need to be concerned about myself because Jesus is concerned about me. Like if John Key or Jacinta Ardern was concerned about me, that'd be kind of cool. It's got nothing on Jesus. Nothing on Jesus. So from that revelation that Jesus always serves, loves and works for the good of me, from that revelation that Jesus is so interested in me, well, then I no longer need to live for my own concern. I just don't. I've been freed up to care about everyone else's interests. And it's a daily battle. As I said, you analyze a day, you're like, wow, I'm interested in myself. (laughs) But we've been freed up. I love that. I love how we sung a song about the chains being broken down. I think some of two of the greatest changes in our society right now is self-interest and discontentment. (laughs) Because discontentment just leads us to be self-interested, right? Oh, I, need to, I need to have that, I need to have this, I need to have this, I need to do that. That person got that, I need to have this, right? And I think they're two of the greatest change, but Jesus came to set us free. So, hey, you don't need to be self-interested because I'm more interested in you than you could ever be interested in yourself. It's so good. I'm thinking about the Christmas season right now. Um, quick poll. Uh, Michael Bublé's It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas or Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Michael Bublé, hands up. Mariah Carey, the romantics. You guys are wrong. It should be like away in a manger. We're in church, guys. Come on. Michael Bouvet, well-deserved win there. Well-deserved win. But thinking about Christmas, wow, what a great opportunity to step into lack of self-interest. What a great opportunity. It's like, wow, this, this is awesome. Thanks for hooking up this season with this newfound revelation, Jesus. It's like, hey, could we be so interested in what we could give? I, I don't know about you, but sometimes the what can I get list gets bigger than the what can I give list. Maybe we could show a greater excitement for what someone else receives. You're like, deadpan face, whatever else gets their gift, you get yours. Everybody look at me. 
look what I got. Right, I wonder if we could show a greater excitement than what other people receive. I wonder if we could be the first and last out of the kitchen. Be the one who offers to make all the drinks, Matt. Maybe the one who looks after the kids. It's like, oh, no one wants to look after the kids. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we could be the family that does the most driving to get around everyone on Christmas Day. Oh, no, I don't want to drive. Maybe we could be the ones who drive this year. Maybe we could be the one who listens in order to understand and cherish rather than looking for an opportunity to one-up their story. <laughs> I learned that one of my, great, well, one of my worst listening techniques is called one-up. <laughs> you listen to one-up their story. Tell me a great story. Mine's better. That's a good story, but I'll tell you a better one. It involves me. It involves my experience. And then they one up you, you're like, oh, I was, just, I was just starting. What about this story? And we end up listening to one up. And people go, wow, you're so good at listening. But then you just cut them down. It's like, my story's better. I wonder if we could listen to actually cherish and understand that person. I wonder if we could be the one who lets others control the remote. Ooh. Boxing Day test match. But I wonder if we could display our freedom this Christmas. And the only reason we can do it is because we've been united with Christ. Because being united with Christ is such a great encouragement. Such a great encouragement. We've been freed up. Let's get the keys up. Or the whole team if you want. Um, is this cool? Is this landed? Great. It's kind of challenging, eh? To the very core of humanity. Um, I just want to finish with um, Galatians. And Galatians 5.13 just says this. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and love. It's a good Christmas motto. We've been freed up. We have a choice to make. Is it for our own indulgence or is it to serve everyone else? Why don't we stand to our feet? Is it all good if I pray? God, I thank you so much that you would choose to unite with us. Thank you, Jesus, that that now means that you serve us. <laughs> that you're so interested in us, that you're, you're always working for our good. That you have our best interests at heart. That no matter what season we're in, you're with us and you're working it together for good. Jesus, I pray right now that there would just be an overwhelming sense of freedom from that revelation. Just drop into our hearts as like, wow, someone's so interested in me. And I pray that that wouldn't just land in our arrogance, but it would land in our heart that says, I want to serve others then. I want to serve like you, Jesus. Make me more like you. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't call us to serve out of a deficit, out of our own efforts, but you call us to serve out of the knowledge that we're backed by the Creator of the universe, by the One who loves us fearlessly. Tonight, I pray just in this moment, you'd seal it in our hearts. Help us to live counterculturally, God. Help us to carry your kingdom. 
like you carried it. Help us to serve other people's interests. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.